You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Welcome, one and all, to Monday Football Monday here on the SB Nation NFL Show. A reminder before we take any more steps further that this show is brought to you by our friends at DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNFL. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. As noted, this is the SB Nation NFL show. You can listen to us wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe, Apple devices, Spotify, leave a rating, write a review. Those things make us happy. You can also watch us on the SB Nation NFL YouTube channel, Twitter page, Facebook page. If you search the SB Nation NFL show, I promise you will find us. When I say us, the incredible, the dashing debonair, Steven Serta is on the ones and twos for this program. My name is RJ Ochoa. This is not my normal voice. I am joined by the two best writers at SBNation.com. You can tell our colleagues that I said that. Mark Schofield, J.P. Acosta. Mark, who are you going to tell first that I dragged them publicly? Oh, obviously James. I yeah. mean, absolutely James. Um, and, and look, J.P. certainly has a case for best writer at SBNation.com. Me, eh, that's a little iffy, but I think you get to put James up there, who was out with a headline, RJ, today that I think you must love. C.J. Stroud should be in the MVP conversation. How about that? Some of us uh, have the gift of prophecy, and I'll just leave it at that. Uh, JP, uh, it's been a while since I've been here uh, with you. You have uh, been behind the steering wheel for the last two Monday Football Mondays. Some people are saying the power went to your head, uh, but you and I have not been together uh, since you tweeted out uh, a remark I had about the movie Cars to which the the general public completely agreed with. Uh, So I wanted to come here and let you know that you have to hold this L. Okay, they did not generally agree. You're right, they universally agreed. There was was no like general agreement, it was complete agreement. There was a very, there was a small majority of people who also agreed with me. We... Uh JP, this is sad. I mean, don't don't go out like this, dude. Nobody nobody wants to see this. Um, wow, uh, it's great to all be back here. Rachelle not here, obviously. Uh, that's why Steven's filling in. We're in the middle of November. We're a week away from Thanksgiving week. I know that Thanksgiving's one day, but it does feel like a holiday that lasts all week long just because it falls in the middle of the week. Uh, we have an enormous amount to get to, including uh, the hottest rookie quarterback the NFL has seen in some time. Uh, JP, is your seatbelt buckled? I'm buckled in. Mark, so you know, flash photography not permitted, although it will be all over the place this weekend. At the Las Vegas Grand Prix, Mark has everybody covered. Uh, Mark, I don't know, you know, if anybody in the world works harder than you, if I'm being honest. Uh, no, everybody here at SB Nation works extremely, extremely hard. And I am proud not harder than you, though. No, 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 no. We all work extremely hard. You know, me no more than anybody else. But yes, I will. the thing about this race, though, it starts at 1 a.m. for me. And I'm supposed to run a 5K with my daughter at 8 the next morning. So I may not be alive for next week's show. That, that's the bigger issue. Um, have you done a 5K before, Mark? Yeah, this is – she does a little program called Girls of the Run. It's awesome. Like her and her friends awesome. do it. It's like after school a couple times a week. And at the end of each season, there's a fall season and a spring season. They run a 5K. So this will be our, our third 5K together. She's hoping for a new personal best, um, which may or may not happen depending on how I'm feeling that morning. Um, last thing, um, and then we'll get into the football. My wife is a big runner and, um, one year I I committed to doing a half marathon, which I thought sounded, you know, fine. Um, and when we were running, um, like on the track, I got, I'm not like good at this, like the organized runs and things like that. I accidentally took the turn off the, to the 10 K as opposed to the half marathon. Um, and so I finished and I was like, that wasn't that bad. No, like, I, you know, bad. yeah, I was like, this was, this was pretty doable. Like, why was she freaking out? Like that I wasn't going to be able to handle this. So 
So you got lost on the course is what you're saying. I mean, I finished, but then, you know, I, when we were speaking at the end, I was talking to her, like, I'm over here at this finish line. She was like, that's not where you're supposed to be. What happened? And then I had the wrong medal and everything. So it's a big old deal. Uh, but uh, looking forward to your no, experience. This JP, I was right about cars. You can't say anything to me. Anyway, uh, let's get to. Uh, you did pull a Lightning McQueen, though. You drove completely off the wrong track. That's it was very confusing. If, if you've ever done a run where like they have multiple, you know, distance runs happening, like it's confusing because like there are certain, you know, turns that you have to take and things like that. So um, whatever. But uh, I did pull off the 10K nonetheless. Um, all right. Sunday from week 10. Uh, we'll give a brief Monday night preview at the very end of this, obviously. Gentlemen, we have to start with the game of the day. Uh, I don't know that I would put it up at game of the year quality mark, but the Detroit Lions outlasted the Los Angeles Chargers 41 to 38 the lions getting the big boy treatment afternoon games and they're living up to it they are seven and two and they are running away with the nfc north yeah they looked legitimate yesterday and you know hats off to them hats off to dan campbell a lot of fourth down decisions really from both teams in that game they were basically just like fourth down we're gonna go for it no matter what ben johnson i think did a tremendous job there was that touchdown to the back of tight end on 31 you know, they show the run action and go over the top of that. I thought Goff played well. Monroe St. Brown played extremely well. It's from, from the Chargers perspective, though, this is a tough loss. Like, this is a very tough loss. And I know we got the crock pot, and it might be time to put them firmly into the crock pot if they weren't there already, you know, because this is a game that it was winnable for you and you didn't get the win. For the Lions, this was probably their last chance at a statement game until December 30th when they go down to Dallas, where they play the Dallas Cowboys, which right now looks like me might be a beaner of two of the best teams in the NFC. So that game is going to be fascinating to think about because the rest of their schedule isn't really that tough until you get to that game. So this is a chance for the Detroit to say, yeah, you know what? You can believe in us. We're a legit team to go and play a pretty competitive feisty team in the Chargers on the road and get a win. And they did a fantastic job. So one of the things that I really found intriguing about the Lions against the Chargers is they were able to generate explosive plays instantly. That was one of the biggest questions that I had about the Lions going into this season. How are they going to be able to generate explosive plays? They were getting it any way possible. Jameer Gibbs looking like, oh, he looks like the guy they drafted with a first round pick. Like that is firmly like, he is good. Getting David Montgomery back to be kind of the thunder to Gibbs' lightning. The 75 yard touchdown run was beautifully blocked. One of it, I think it was my favorite play of the day. Just the way the offensive line, he was able to find a cutback on the outside zone, the receivers all blocking downfield. It was textbook like this is a bought in team when it comes to the run game. And that is scary because now you can generate explosive with play action with getting Jamison Williams downfield. Amon Ross St. Brown being kind of the in-between guy. They they are a machine on offense. Defensively, I still have a lot of questions, especially when it comes to generating pass rush outside of Aiden Hutchinson. But I mean, if you're the Chargers, this felt like a Chargers loss, you know? Justin Herbert played awesome once again. Like this was a phenomenal Justin Herbert game. Outside of the interception where Kirby Joseph made like a 1% kind of play, Justin Herbert was phenomenal and you couldn't get a stop. Like that's that's really what it came down to. You needed to get a stop at the end of the game to get the ball back to your top 10 quarterback and you couldn't. Um, on the Lions side of things, obviously injuries are always a bad thing. Um, but I do think the David Montgomery injury situation, at the very least, accelerated the way that the Lions were going to use Jameer Gibbs. And so, you know, overall, they benefited from that. And it's great to see, obviously, Monty back in the fold. You mentioned the play, obviously. Um, JP, Jared Goff was awesome. I mean, like, if you're a Lions fan, like, you obviously, like, this season is, it's, it's so rare that, like, something lives up to the hype the way the Lions are living up to the hype right now. So that's just kind of a cool thing in general. And I think that the highest remark I can give the Lions is that this would have been a statement win for the Chargers. Like, like when is beating the Lions ever a statement win? And it, and it would have been that for the Chargers. Mark, they are so disappointing. Like, I'm sick of, like, feeling good about Herbert or this. And and, and he played very well, to JP's point. But, like, I mean, like, throw them away. They were in the crockpot, to be very clear. Like, I'm not even checking on this crockpot anymore. Like you're in it's here, done. For, like yeah, you're in, done. Yeah, yeah, you're in here for nine hours and I'm not even going to examine. I'm not going to come stir this up. Like the Chargers are, they're not even frauds. Like they're, I, don't, I don't know what to make of them. Like they're, they're so insignificant to me. All they are is a showcase for other teams to go like have a good time in their bright, shiny stadium. 
Yeah, it's it's absolutely frustrating because yeah, like you guys said, Herbert played extremely well, but they can't get stops. You know, Brandon Saylor was brought in defensive mind, and it's a bad defense, and it's been a bad defense pretty much all season long. Teams have had success against them from the start of the season till now. And yeah, we did it again. I was as guilty of it as anybody. You, you buy into the Chargers hype. You buy into the Chargers hype. You know, started in April, then in May, then in June. It's like this is going to be the year. They're going to make the deep run. Now I think we have a serious conversation about Brandon Saylor. Like, I don't think he comes back next year. I think they have to make a decision there. And so it's disappointing because you have the quarterback. You have that piece. But you were brought in as a defensive-minded head coach, and the defense is letting you down. And it's not only that the defense is letting you down. It's also – you're right now you are way outside the playoff picture, and this yeah. schedule doesn't get any easier. No. You still have matchups against Baltimore. Uh, you got – Kansas City and Buffalo still left on the schedule. Like this, se- this season is not going to, or this year, this year is not going to be an easy finish for them. And right now, like you, you need a lot of help to get into the playoffs, and it's going to be rough, especially if the defense, something that the defensive head coach was supposed to fix, gives up 533 yards. Like you. You score 38 points in a game, you should win. Yeah, absolutely. That's the biggest thing. You score 38, you should win. I don't mean to like, I mean, I think this is probably fair and true, but like it doesn't really fix the issues. Like I was going to say is the future Chargers head coach or was the future Chargers head coach in this building? Was was Ben Johnson, is Ben Johnson the future Chargers I, head coach? But it, like, it's, it's, how does that fix this problem? I mean. No, I mean, I don't think it does fix this problem. I mean, I, I think the future Chargers head coach might have been a coach that saw his team give up another big second athlete. The guy we talked about a couple of weeks ago, Mike McDonald, Baltimore Ravens. Like, you know, I, I think you need to fix the defense. And so you might have to do the rare thing. Typically it's you go offense, you go defense, you go players coach, you go disciplinarian. Like you go that back and forth cycle and hiring cycles. You might have to double dip a, a defensive guy again because you don't need to fix Justin Herbert. This isn't a situation where you've got the young quarterback and you need a head coach that's going to help guide them. You still got to fix the defense and what you're doing isn't working. And so maybe they go defense again. And we consider that their next head coach is actually on the Chargers sideline. You think it's Kellen Moore? Is that I your? I think it's Kellen. Really? This is going to be like a Game of Thrones style, like usurping. Who is Kellen then? And who is who is Staley? I feel like I Staley, mean Staley would be Robert Baratheon. Yeah, I was I, Staley gives off like Rob Stark vibes to me. I yeah, also maybe exactly. Rob Stark because like I think he knew at the end like I'm not going to make it very long. I'm, I don't have very long. Kellen really is brand though. Like if, if Kellen were anybody in the Game of Thrones story. That makes sense. Um, I just, I, I think Mark's right though. And I think it is going to be like a defensive minded coach. And then that's going to set up like a conversation in like four years where the Chargers are underwhelming. And it's like, well, Herbert's never had an offensive an minded head coach. Head yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? I'm like, it, we'll get him yeah, like yeah. he's going to start to struggle. And then it's like, again, we're just stuck here in this purgatory of sorts. Um, huge kudos to the Lions. Like I said, it is so cool to see that like fully like being realized um, and nobody is mad about this. I, when uh, justice filled in on uh, TJ football and he was like, yeah, like we don't even mind this. He was like, you know, th- we're just kind of, you know, slapping him on the butt um, and telling him to enjoy the ride. So like nobody hates this. This is kind of right. a fun little thing. Um, okay. Mark, you mentioned the blown second half lead that the Ravens had. They were up 14, nothing. They were up 24 to nine. They were up 31 to 24 and ultimately coughed the game away to the Cleveland Browns. Miles Garrett is defensive player of the year. Give it to him now. Like, don't waste any single time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're literally right now at SBNation.com putting together sort of our midseason awards where JP, myself, and James are, like, going to vote on each category. And that was one of the few, like, clean sweeps. It was like, look, defensive player of the year is Miles Garrett. He is absolutely tremendous. This is not the first time Baltimore has blown a lead. This is not the first time that Baltimore has blown a double-digit lead. Like, this is extremely confusing. I got – Multiple texts from my mom, who's probably listening to the show right now as we speak, saying, what is wrong with the Ravens? I don't know. I don't have an answer to that question because, you know, when you look at this offense, when you look at Lamar Jackson, when you look at the different ways they can create explosive plays in the run of the past game, you expect them to win a game like this. You score 31 points, you expect to win a game like this, just to JP's point early about the Chargers. You don't, and you're blowing leads. You're blowing leads in the second half. Like, what is the issue with Baltimore right now that they can't put games like this away? So I think this game was really interesting for, mo- for both these teams. First of all, 
this is a monumental win for the Browns, not only in terms of like how you feel going into the rest of the season, but in terms of the playoff picture, they're still in. And like we said, like in weeks before, even when Cleveland was losing was you have a defense that can make the playoffs. You just need to find what works for you. And I think in the second half, they found it, which is don't let Deshaun Watson throw the ball more than 10 yards downfield. Like don't, don't let him try and screw up the game. I mean, in the second half, they had a 53.3% success rate running the ball. They completely flipped that game along the offensive line. And that's that's essentially how they won that game. They ran the ball. Deshaun was not allowed to screw up the game by throwing the ball downfield, which, again, like, if you want to have a larger discussion about, like, what's the difference between Deshaun doing that now and Baker doing that in 2018, go for it. I'm not going to be the guy to have that discussion. But the Browns' defense is real. They are legit. Like, that, that second-half performance was – extremely impressive. Miles Garrett is the defensive player of the year. He's getting double teamed at an insane rate and still winning at an insanely high rate. He is the fulcrum of that defense. And that's how everything else works alongside it. They are, they're so talented on the back end. Like they have, they have invested a lot in that secondary in terms of multiple first round picks. Greg Newsom was a first round pick, had a big day yesterday. Denzel Ward has gotten first round pick and like a big money contract. Juan Thornhill got a big contract. Grant Delpit, another high high pick. Those guys are starting to come around now that they have a defense where it's like, why, why worry about all this zone match and playing quarter, quarter, half? Like, no. Like, it reminds me of my favorite podcast excerpt ever from wrestler Big E, where it's like, you worry about five-star matches and work great? No. We're here for big, meaty men slap meat. And the Browns defense is we have dudes, and we're going to play cover one. You have to beat us. And we think our dudes are better than you guys. And even if they get, even if you get open, Miles Garrett is going to be on your quarterback within two seconds. So monumental win for the Browns. You mentioned it. How do you feel about a potential? Because as it stands right now, it's Cleveland at Jacksonville on wild card weekend. God. (laughs) Oh my God. You know what? I think that is a winnable game. For the Jaguars, but I feel a whole lot less confident in that win yeah. than I did before. Uh, the Ravens blew a 14 point lead twice in this game, uh, which Mark, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe happened in the 2014 divisional round against That's New right. England. Yep. Um, the Julian Edelman, I'm not eligible game. Um, that's hard to do. Um, and I mean, the second one happened entirely in the fourth quarter. I mean, like the Ravens are one of the highest powered offenses we've seen in the NFL this season. And they had a 14 point lead in the fourth quarter and then couldn't put up any more points, obviously, once the comeback happened. You mentioned Greg Newsom, JP, had the pick six. That was like the, it was just in a flash. All of a sudden, it was just, and then the mixed, you you know, Baltimore even benefited from the luck of that, the missed extra point. Like you really kind of thought, like, okay, now they can just go salt this away, you know, whatever the case may be. JP, you mentioned how this is big in the playoff picture. And Mark, you obviously talked about Cleveland as a wild card team. This was big in terms of keeping Cleveland's division hopes alive. I mean, because they, they now split the series with Baltimore. Had they lost, I mean, they're going to be a playoff team no matter what I think we all think. But, like, this, the door would have been a little bit more shut closed, Mark, if, if Baltimore had swept them on the season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and plus some, some some other results around the league certainly helped in that regard. I mean, I, I think the fascinating thing with respect to Baltimore is, you know, you've got you've to have a win like this. Like you have that 14 point lead late. Like you've got the run game where you should be able to salt this game away. Like you said, RJ, and you don't do that. This is a game that when we get down to December and January, we start figuring out playoff seed and Ravens are going to wish they had this one back. It, it was an absolutely brutal loss with their perspective. And in the second half, what I thought was really interesting in terms of their inability to run the ball, Ronnie Stanley got hurt and didn't come back in the second half. I think Morgan Moses was also hurt. I don't think he played. So the the issues we had with Baltimore going into the season when it comes to health, like this is a not great point to have this pop up again in the season, especially when you're missing both of your tackles. Like that, Ronnie Stanley's played a major part of their run game and their success in the run game. And you can tell when they missed their left tackle, they couldn't run the ball. And you play Thursday night now. Like you've got a short week. Yeah. 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 You, 
Well, it's not a great time for the injuries to pop up. And you play Thursday night against another team who's incredibly desperate, another team who's incredibly desperate in your own division, another team who had a late pick six that, you know, it looked like it was going to swing things for them. It did not for Cincinnati the way that it did for Cleveland. Uh, JP, the Houston Texans, biggest win in Texans history in a very long time. I'm certain of at least four or five years at this point. 30 to 27. Um, it's kind of hard to call it the CJ Stroud coming out party because it feels like that's sort of just sort of a weekly occurrence at this point in time. The Texans now north of 500 in mid-November. First time that is the case since 2019. This was just, I mean, this was Stroud, but this was also Noah Brown. This was also Tank Dell. This was also D'Amico Ryan's defense. Again, one of us around here picked the Texans to win the AFC South. I know that affected you emotionally, JP, but it looks like that has legitimate life right here a week outside of Thanksgiving. Yeah, there's a non-zero chance that they win the division, and I'm still coming to that reality. But this is this is why you draft C.J. Stroud, number two overall, and then why you go trade up for Will Anderson to pick him at three because both of those guys are franchise cornerstones, and they played like it. Like I think the weird thing that has happened with Will Anderson is, oh, he doesn't have the sack numbers. He's not good. No, that's that's not it at all. Like He is being double-teamed. He's getting superstar treatment when it comes to double teams and is still winning at a really high rate. CJ Stroud is the real deal. Like that's a that is a real legit quarterback. He did a lot of stuff out of structure that a, a lot of people questioned that he had that ability. Coming out of the draft from Ohio State, he answered all those questions. And one of the things that stands out about this Texans offense is their ability to remain explosive while not putting the ball in harm's way. Of course, everybody sees CJ Stroud only has two interceptions this year. They had nine explosive plays, explosive passes against a Bengals defense and Lou Anarumo that really tries to make sure you don't have explosive passes. That is extremely impressive by any team, let alone a rookie. I mean, the Bills couldn't do that last week. Like they, this DJ Stroud is such a real deal. He is a legit, really good NFL quarterback for the Bills, not Bills, the Bengals. Um, Yikes. They had a really bad tackling performance. They could not tackle. Every play, it was six yards to Tank Dell that would turn into 12 yards. It was 10 yards. The last Noah Brown play before they kicked the field goal where he broke like four tackles and ran for another 20 yards, that doesn't happen. Like that's That shouldn't happen for a team of the Bengals caliber. They just couldn't tackle, and that's a major issue, especially when you think about the team they have to play Thursday where if you miss a tackle, that team's going to put up a lot of points on you. Mark? I don't know what else we could say about CJ Stroud. I mean, I wrote it last week that we should have seen this coming because I remember sitting, standing in front of his podium at the combine and he said, look, I'm a ball placement specialist, but I'm also an athlete. I can also create outside of structure. You saw it against Georgia. Maybe I should have done it more and it's something that I regret. And to JP's point, he's been doing it these past couple of weeks. I like created outside the pocket, created outside of structure. Will Anderson, as we talked about a few minutes ago with Miles Garrett, Miles Garrett's getting double teamed and winning. Will Anderson is getting double teamed and creating opportunities for others. And I have no doubt that, say, in years two and three of the Will Anderson experience, he's going to start winning those double teams as well because he's a tremendous pass rusher. This Houston team is absolutely for real. Like Stroud's ability to hit on throws, explosive plays on air, with air yards of 10 or more leads the NFL right now. Like he leads the NFL in yards, passing yards on throws. 10 yards or more downfield and look at their schedule. I mean, they've got two games, I think would stand out left on their schedule, Jacksonville in a couple of weeks. And then, the, and then Cleveland, both of those games are at home. Like every other game, you would say that they're probably the clear favorite in that game. It's now not just an idea of, Oh, this team could go 500. I think the division is, we said it is a non-zero chance. They win this division. It's so cool to me how these weird like football isms have translated for the Texans. Um, like they played to win in week 18 last year and it blew up in their face and everybody laughed at them, but it worked out like, and, and it's just like weird life finds a way, way. Um, I, again, I, I wouldn't advise doing this like in a general sense, but like they were like, Oh, well, I mean, not that Bryce young didn't play big time college football games, but it's like, we'll take the dude who like, isn't faced because he he played, you know, big time college football at Ohio state. Like, and that's what this kind of was like. And it was funny that it was in Ohio, obviously like it, as it kept getting tight and there was more tension and more tension, like 
the, the Texans never folded the way that the Ravens did that we just talked about. And like, that is a super impressive quality, obviously, of CJ Stroud. The other impressive element I thought from Sunday's game, JP, was Devin Singletary, 30 carries for a buck 50. You know who could use Devin Singletary right now? The Buffalo Bills. Like that, that, that was kind of a, a low-key hindsight free agency move that like really was a sliding door, glass doors movement for a couple of teams. Shout out to the FAU alum, Devin Singletary. But you, put, you look at week 12 and you look at the Texans-Jaguars game, you know, of course that's Thanksgiving week. So they're the big, most of the big games are on Thanksgiving. But I mean, the Sunday night game is Ravens-Chargers. I don't know what we're going to think of the Chargers in week 12. You never know. Of the week? You, ne- you never know. You never know if they're going to they're gonna switch that game. But By the way, um, we have for lack of a better term, just struggled lately in terms of primetime island games uh, across the NFL. Uh, We've got Broncos bills tonight, but Mark, you touched on it. Thursday night football this week. We've got, this is week 11, by the way, we've got the Ravens and the Bengals Sunday night football Vikings Broncos, which I think is like kind of a nice, you know, Hey, like, little appetizer. Just the, the Joshua Dobbs story is fun. Like we're all cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. Right. But then Thanksgiving, we all get to watch the Lions. I don't think we care who it's against. Like, we get to enjoy the Lions game. Then the Cowboys, you know, I know, but still, like, you know, Packers stuff. You know, Cowboys commanders. But again, Cowboys generally kind of live up to the Thanksgiving hype. Thanksgiving night, we get Niners Seahawks. And then, JP, you mentioned it, Sunday Night Football in Week 12, we've got Ravens Chargers. Like, we're kind of on the up and up. And then Monday Night Football, by the way, next week is Chiefs Eagles. But non- Monday Night Football Week Twelve is uh, Bears Vikings. Uh, yeah. Um, no, that's week. Uh, I don't know that, what week right? that is. That's Week Twelve. That is. Oh, you're right, right. But Week Eleven, the Monday Night to send us into Thanksgiving. I'm sorry, is Chiefs Eagles. So, yeah, sure. we did it. We survived. We survived. We survived. You know, we our own little five k. Um, yeah. Congratulations to the Houston Texans. What a cool win. Um, let's go to Josh Dobbs. Josh Joshua. I mean, is this like a Tyrod, Gerard sort of thing? The pastor dog. Um, yeah, Joshua reminds me of Rachel Green. Um, she didn't like calling her boyfriend Josh. It was a Joshua thing. Um, anyway, uh, Vikings get the 27-19 to win. Another one-possession win for the Vikings, um, hearkening to last year, Mark. Uh, this is a tough scene for the Saints. Is, I mean, I'm happy for the Vikings, but this is a really, really tough scene. Uh, for the Saints at this point in time, they suck, but they are leading yeah. the NFC South. But they, but again, as we seem to say every single week, they're still in the NFC South. I mean, yes, this was a bad game. This was a bad loss. Derek Carr got, I mean, he got absolutely obliterated on that play. This one knocked him out, and you know we don't know what his what his status is going to be going forward. The Saints just are lucky that they are in the NFC South because you look around that division, and yes, Tampa Bay got a win yesterday, but. It's just such a chaotic, bad division that by virtue of being in that division, they can, as you said, RJ, they can suck, but still win this division and host a playoff game. So I actually don't want to spoil too much the picks that we're making at midseason, but Kevin O'Connell should be coach of the year. He should have been last year, by the way. I think this is a very, like, I think his case for coach of the year this year is a lot stronger than the one they had, they had last year. Now he's making something out of nothing with Joshua Dobbs, a quarterback he trade, they traded for mid season and he just got thrown to the fire last week. This week he continued to play pretty well. And Brian Flores getting the most out of that defense that has, that we thought going into the season was going to be held together by Neil Hunter and silly string, but they're, they're really good or not really good. They're, they're, they're good enough to win games. And, that's all that matters for this Vikings team who at this point in the season, they're in the playoffs. <laughs> like this is a playoff Vikings team. Like that's a, the competitive rebuild is kind of working. Like you're, you're still competitive, but for the saints, I mean, I'll just say that I, I always enjoy watching Jameis play football. It's, oh, it's always fun. Yeah. Let him play. Like nobody, yeah. like the Derek Carr thing is so boring. Like, nope. Like at least Jameis entertains. He's going to be bad. Be fun. And the one touchdown Jameis threw looked like a pick, which is the best way to encapsulate Jameis Winston is the touchdown he threw also looked like a pick. And then he also threw a pick after that because it's like Thanos, like perfectly balanced as all things should be. He will always throw a touchdown and a pick, but it's just really bad right now for the Saints. Like 
I don't mean to insinuate that Joshua Dobbs is nothing, but to your point, JP, about Kevin O'Connell getting something out of nothing, I, again, I think last year he got a lot out of something in Kirk Cousins, right? Like, if again, not to say Joshua Dobbs is nothing, but, like, Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback. Like, it, it's very, very clear that KOC, you know, elevates the quarterback talent that he has. And I hope that the Joshua Dobbs trade is something that other NFL teams learn from. Like, if you ex- – like, it, it's so stupid that the Jets didn't do this. Like, if, if you trust your coaching staff – to be able to work with somebody like you can save your season. Like you, I mean, are the Vikings going to win the Super Bowl? Obviously not, but like, man, what a different, you know, vibe around this team as opposed to, I mean, it was, they were dead. They were dead after Kirk Cousins got hurt and look at what and, they've done ever since. And Justin Jefferson hasn't played. Yeah. The last five I games. mean, they're gonna, they've been doing this without their two best offensive players. There yeah. was all the chatter about like, Oh, he's not even going to come back because they're going to lose right. all these games. And like, he's just going to, he does, he wants his contract, like whatever, like, no man, like, they're fun. I'm I'm really enjoying this Vikings ride. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and use my fast forward if y'all are okay with this on the Germany game. Um, no offense. Wait, to we can't. can't. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have Mark. to talk about Mac Jones. Well, that Mark. is my punishment. <laughs> you, uh, I have to talk about that man for at least five seconds here. You this know how I feel about do. this game. This is the, uh, this is the Sisyphus Rock with Mark. Like, <laughs> what are we doing? What are we doing right now? And, you know, he said after the game, that's a throw that I made in practice. I know where that's supposed to, where that ball is supposed to be. Clearly you don't because that ball was nowhere near where it was supposed to be. You had a chance to actually win that game. And then they decide, look, they get the ball back for a chance for a game when they drive and they're like, we're going to let Bailey Zappi try his hand at it. And you get the same result. Like this is just, as I wrote, we did our power rankings last week. And I said, I'm just watching film now. I am watching film on Drake May. I'm watching film on Caleb Williams and slowly coming to the realization that they'll probably draft like the left tackle from Notre Dame or something. Like, like, like this is what they're going to do. They're going to do something that's going to heartbreak, be heartbreak city all over again. But this is a bad football team. There's no signs of it getting worse. To, to almost a corollary to the point from earlier. You allow 10 points in an NFL game this year. You should win that game. You should win that game. Absolutely. And you don't. And your offense looks bad, and it's all shades of bad. And now Kraft was out there before this game's hand. How critical this game was, and I think part of that was they were playing overseas. Like we got to put on a good show, but there's also the underlying message of we got to win some football games here. They can't. They just can't. Um, JP, quickly, just just because this was so like weird that Bailey Zappi came in at the very end with like it being a one possession game. Like they, the Patriots needed a drive to go win the game. Like. We've all seen thousands of football games between us. Can any of you, either of you, name that ever happening? Like, that was such a strange and yet equally understandable thing. Like, yeah. I mean, it, I, thing, it was like, weird. When, when was the last time ever a quarterback was put in for the first time in a game, like, to go win the game and the final drive of the game, like, without the starter being hurt? You know what I mean? Like, this was very, very strange. I, I actually, I will tell you, 1997, Wesleyan University at Hamilton. I got benched. We put the starter back in who had like a broken ankle and we won in the fourth quarter. So when you're doing something that coaches had to do with me, it's a bad situation for the team. And it's really, it's really bad because first of all, that was the worst. Matt Jones interception was the worst interception I've ever seen watching football. Like it's, it's worse than like the obvious interception where like it goes nowhere and the defender catches it like a punt. But this happened on the 10-yard line to win the game. Like, it was nowhere near the quarterback. And it looked like this was just a the unfortunate climax of Mac's physical limitations and the mental, like, breakdown that happened from the rookie year. Like It just all came to a head in that one play. The thing about Bailey Zappi is Bailey Zappi also stinks. Everybody, everybody's like, oh, it's zappy time. He's gonna lead them to a two-minute drive. I'm like, no, that dude sucks too. Like, how bad do you how bad is he that they stuck with Mac Jones for the first 10 games? Like, it's not there is no way out this season. Like, it is you have to grit you have to grit and bear it. Like, this this is the guys, those are the guys you're rolling with. So I wouldn't be surprised if Bailey Zappy starts next week. But that dude also sucks. Like, let's not get it twisted. Like, those guys are bad. Look, I mean. Malik Cunningham, like, like try something different because th- these two guys aren't working. It's not. And the the odd thing is, like, the offense, for the most part, the run game was working really well. The, yeah. the Colts normally are really good against the run. Grover Stewart didn't play. They were moving the ball with Rondre Stevenson. Zeke Elliott looked pretty good. They just 
they have oh, they have more problems outside of quarterback, but quarterback also is not helping. They it's have, an anchor. The quarterback position is an anchor for them right now, yeah, and they got to lose it. They they got to cut ties. Like this is this is it for Mac Jones. Like that's the last we're probably going to see of Mac Jones as a starting QB. Y'all ever like you ever you ever like have you ever been in like a cold environment and you've like been outdoors for like a really long time and your face is just like dry and cold and uncomfortable like to the point like maybe you put your hand up and you accidentally like scratch yourself and it's it's you're so dry you just like cut your face and like the zipper on your jacket is like bothering your chin and like you know maybe your facial hair whatever like it's just a really tough time like that's what it feels like it's such an uncomfortable thing like that's how i feel watching the Patriots. like it's like you're just like i can't wait to get home and get warm and like take a shower like that's that's really how i feel about the Patriots at this point like mark it is a tough 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 scene but again like literally nobody feels bad for you yeah, nobody feels – and nor should anybody feel bad for me. I get it. It's fine. Don't ruin it by, um, like, making it fun. So, you know, oh, you have to be – you have to commiserate. That's what we want. I, I'm, uh, I'm just trying to make the most of this situation, friends. It's really tough. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G Podcast. we got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on – surprise – The future of work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, um, JP, you mentioned um, the like failed like arm punt of an interception. That's what Will Levis had for the Titans um, at the very end. Um, so we're just gonna fast. I'm gonna use my fast forward on Bucks Titans if y'all are okay with this. This was pretty gross. Um, the Bucks won and are the NFC South race at four and five. Um, okay, JP, the Pittsburgh Steelers hung on twenty three to nineteen against the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> How do they keep doing this? He, at this point, we are the uh, the Breaking Bad and He can't keep getting away with it. Like, they cannot keep getting away with this. But somehow, like, the Steelers' offense is bad. Like, that's, it's bad. Like, if you look at the passing chart for Kenny Pickett, it was very clear what they do. It's a high school offense. They only throw it to the left. They only throw it to the right. There's nothing over the middle. Their offense is looked at least like passable for the first drive against the Packers defense who can't stop the run. And then they're like, all right, cool. We're done here. They can't, you cannot keep doing this. I don't know how they keep doing this, but it's a testament to Mike Tomlin and their ability to just like fix the problems that they also created. Like, Oh, we drafted Kenny Pickett. That's fine. We'll just go six and three without actually like moving the ball in any of those games. Yeah, they've been outgained what? 9 on um, 9 games this year and they're 6 and 3. I think like, they've been outgained in every game this year. And they've year. won 6 of them, which is just absurd. That's why, you know, you talked about the awards then like Tomlin's might co- vote for coach of the year. Like I understand the case for KOC, but like what he's getting the, like it's like he's willing this team to 6 and 3. And, you know, something JP said a couple of weeks ago was just seared into my brain. And I've used it on so many different shows with credit, of course, because I'm not that kind of guy. They are who we thought the Patriots were. Like, we just talked about the Patriots and how bad they are. But we thought going into this year that that defense was going to will them to a 6-3 and three record by week 10. And Matt Jones, yeah, he'd probably be bad, but it won't matter. That's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like, they are led by this defense. They're getting outgained. Doesn't matter. They find the ways to win games. And the schedule is what it is. Like, it's it's set up for them to, yes, make a playoff run. Does anybody want that? Like, would anybody enjoy that? I mean. I don't even think Steelers fans want that. No. No. I mean, it's – it's. what was the Bills-Jags game from a couple of playoff seasons ago? The, like, 9-6 game? It was, like, 10-6, and Blake yeah. Bortles scored the only touchdown in the game. That's what we're going to get. Whatever, whoever they play in the playoffs, that's what we're going to get. 
I really Flip. liked the Vikings last year, JP, and it bothered me how much people like attacked them and like acted like they were so undeserving of their playoff spot. This Steelers team is getting like a fraction of that heat. Like this Steelers team has no business anywhere near the playoffs. Like like they're awful. No, like it's stupid. At this point, if the playoffs were today, they would play the Dolphins. And I cannot imagine two completely different sports happening when yeah. the Dolphins have the, ball, have the ball or when the Steelers have the ball. Like those are, they're playing two completely different sports. And again, it's a testament to Mike Tomlin and that defense and George Pickens. Like that's really like they, their best play is a George Pickens hope pass. Yep. Where like they, they throw it up and like, hey, you go catch it. But again, like if we if we have to talk about the Packers portion of this, see you in twenty twenty four. Yeah. Um, I don't know, like how many quarterback musical chairs are there this offseason? Caleb Williams. Well, I think man. that's what the Packers have to figure out, right? Pretty much by Thanksgiving. I I, I actually do a, a weekly show in Wisconsin, and Bill Michaels is the host. He, we were talking last week about what the Packers have to do the rest of the season, and he's like, "You've got like three games." that get you into Thanksgiving, including that game against Detroit. You have to figure out by then if we're watching Marvin Harrison Jr. film for the rest of the season or Caleb Williams, Drake May film. Like, like that's what they have to figure out. And I think Love has shown a little bit of growth over these past couple of weeks, but I'm not ready to say, look, if I'm in that building, that he's definitively the answer at quarterback. But that's their big question. Start there and work forward. Like someone's gonna be left out, JP. Like, how, like we've got Chicago, Arizona, New England, the Giants. Are we sure about Arizona? I don't think Arizona's gonna take a quarterback. Okay, well, let's see. Debatably, right? Like, okay. you know, like we can we could put them in the in the box. Chicago, Arizona, the Giants, the Jets, maybe contingent upon Aaron Rodgers, obviously. The Packers, the Patriots. Like, there's a finite amount of options. Like, and that's even if you include Kirk Cousins, right? Like, even if you include Ryan Tannehill, like. You know, like, I like you're in danger of getting too far out of striking distance if you're the Packers. But I also think the Packers' big issue, especially like offensively, is they're a really young team. Like they're really young at their receiver skill positions. They don't have anybody they can trust at that spot. But if you're a young quarterback and you don't have anybody you can trust at that spot outside of Aaron Jones, who was a running back, there's not much you can do offensively. They also need to figure out whatever the heck is going on with David Bakhtiari. Like you have to be able to get off of that contract if he's not going to play. And that's the biggest thing that's happened since like 2020. He has not played. And that's the big problem. Uh, defensively, they are way too talented to be that bad. Like that's another major issue for Packers defense. Like they have seven first round picks on that side of the ball and it's not good. Like I think that the group's coordinator, I think is Joe Barry. Yeah. He's probably getting fired. By the end of the season, like you have to figure something out because you've invested so many picks on that side of the ball and you just can't you can't stop the run. And that's a major problem. JP, um, thank you for that assessment. I would like to formally welcome you to the My Team Got Ran Over by the San Francisco 49ers Club. Um, I'm a card-carrying member of this club. Like, I have permanent residence here. You know what I mean? I know where all the good restaurants are. Like, if you have any questions, um, the Niners lambasted. The Jaguars, 34 to 3. Uh, could have been worse uh, if not for Niners players improperly celebrating. Um, or if Christian McCaffrey had found a way to get into the end zone. At least you have that, JP. You can hang your hat upon it. Um, this was really bad. And this like this created the like are the Jaguars frauds conversation that happening in parallel with the Texans showing up. I don't think they're frauds, to be fair, but like you know, just a bad day for Duval. Okay. All right. So where do I start? Um, all right, the offensive line is bad. That's the, that's the biggest thing. Like it's not, it's really hard to call plays when both, you know, and the other team knows you can't block the Jaguars are built. The Jaguars have the same problems that the Dallas Cowboys had last year. They can't generate explosives, but they also don't really want to because they want to live in the six to 15 yard range. Like they are a, they want to be extremely efficient. And the way you can be extremely efficient is by either running the ball or having enough of a vertical threat that you can open up those mid-range areas of the, of the game, of the offense. They can't do that because they can't run the ball because they can't block. Like the Jaguars run game, Travis Etienne has been really, really good this season, but he's also been kind of inefficient because for every big 20-yard run, 
he's going to have a run that gets stopped at the line of scrimmage because they cannot block. They have not figured it out along that along the part that part of the offensive line, which is also taking effect on the passing game because you've constricted yourself to screens and quick game, which doesn't work against the 49ers. Like that's the full 49ers game. They want you to think that the pass rush is so good that you have to throw screens and quick game and then they just tackle you for two yards. It sounds a lot like the Dallas Cowboys. They they are the Dallas Cowboys offense. And the difference between the Dallas Cowboys last year and the Jaguars this year is the Cowboys had the offensive line, but not really the receivers. The Jaguars had the receivers, but not really the offensive line. And even the receivers, it feels like the skill positions, it feels like their skill sets are a little redundant. Like not too much where like it's a problem, but Calvin Ridley is being asked to win as an X boundary receiver. He is asked to be their vertical threat, especially with Zay Jones out. And Zay Jones being out is a major issue because, one, he is the only receiver over 6'2 that the Jaguars trust. Also, he brings a vertical option to the field where now Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk can operate in the middle areas and Evan Ingram can work in the in-between game. That's where they're really at their best. That's where the offense is at their best. When they can get the sc- they can poke at you with screens for six yards and they can throw the little mesh routes and the pick routes and they can win that way. They are not a, they are not a chuck it deep, see what happens, explosive, big play offense. They are a methodical six yards every play, but they can't do that. If you can't block a lot of it is being blamed on press Taylor and press Taylor does deserve some blame for what the play sequencing the play call sequencing, but, you can only do so much. Like you, you can only do what is being asked of you with this personnel. And right now, the Jaguars don't have the offensive line good enough to make that offense extremely efficient. And they got to figure it out because, like we said, the Texans are a game back, and your schedule's not getting any easier. Like they, they have to figure it out now, or you risk getting Titans last year. I think all of that is true. All of that is 100% true. But there is one thing that JP said that I want to kind of jump off of here. And it talks about the pass rush that you're facing. You can't block. That's true. With Chase Young in San Francisco, that defensive front is now terrifying. Like, forget scary. You can't double anybody. You can't double anybody. Like, you have to basically go max protect or chip and release. So it's basically you know, six, six and a half man protection schemes because you can't double anybody. And yes, you know, Bosa, you know, Jan and Bosa will get the headlines from what we saw in that game yesterday, but they're getting pushed on the inside too. Like you cannot leave anybody almost in a one-on-one situation with this defensive front. Now that they have Chase Young in the fold. And now you got Trent Williams back. We saw what that means. You got Debo back. We saw what that means. Like this is, like the 49ers at their best. This is the team we thought earlier in the year was perhaps the best team in football. Oh, now with an even upgraded defensive front. So yeah, you will force every other team that you play to do what JP talked about. You might have to go screens. You might have to go quick game. This is an incredibly fast defense at the second and third levels too. So you could do that all you want. You can go screen. You can go quick game. You can go slant flat and try to hit your slot receiver in an out route. And Fred Warner will chase that down from the middle of the field to the sideline because that's who he is. He's a terrible off playing linebacker. And so I, I Jacksonville is still a very good football team, I think. I don't think they're frauds or anything like that. But the Niners now are terrifying. Yeah, and I think the best way to beat this Niners defense is you have to throw it deep. You have to challenge those corners, which is the weakest part of that defense. But you can't throw it deep if you don't have time to throw the ball. Like, that's that's the biggest thing. Like, you, they have built such a complementary defense where if you try to throw it deep, they're going to be on you in an instant. So then you constrict yourself. And once you start to constrict yourself, then they close that gap. And now you're only getting two yards of play because you also can't run the ball. Like that's the, they are a terrifying defense and offensively, like, again, I said before leading up to the game, the biggest thing was, I think people kind of understated how big Debo Samuel is to that offense because he is easy offense. He is, you can throw a screen for six yards and you can get those efficient plays without using the run game. They're, they're a terrifying team to play against. I think everything that you both said has very legitimate merit. 
again, JP, I mean, I certainly know that like getting blown out by the Niners hardly proves that you're a bad football team. Um, beyond what you both said, this is kind of like back to the like football takey kind of thing, like the Stroud stuff. Like the Jaguars just ran into a rested, finally fully healthy Niners team that had been really pissed off for a month. You know what I mean? Like that was just an unfortunate it wasn't even a hornet's nest to kick. It was just like a hornet's nest that like unveiled itself. It was like um you guys ever play Mario Party 2 and you know the game where you like you hit the blocks and the fruit comes down? It's yeah, like yeah. when you're up and you you have no control over, it, you're just screwed. You have to take yeah. one of the hornet's nests. Um that was it. I mean, you know, I I still have a lot of faith in the Jaguars. I'm so anxious in terms of seeing them play the Texans against one another. But yeah, the Niners are are back and they're terrifying. Brock Purdy, by the way, his demise was greatly over exaggerated obviously. Um, like everything around the Niners um, was incredible. So sorry I came at your expense, JP. It's like trying to play, it's trying uh, an Elden Ring when you first get off the tutorial and you go to fight the tree sentinel and he like, the tree sentinel man, oh my God. you across the map. Like that's, that's what playing the 49. Yeah. yeah. It's you like, oh, this is the first thing I'm seeing. Should be able to win this fight, right? Absolutely yeah. not. I spent and like two hours on that before I learned to run away. You get one. I spent like an entire day on Tree Sentinel, it's like trying to figure out different strategies on how to defeat this person. And then the next day, I woke up like, "Nah, we're not doing this again. Like, we can't do it again." But the Jaguars will be fine. They just have some issues up front that probably should be getting fixed. Um, you mentioned the Dallas Cowboys, JP. Let's get to them. The Cowboys uh, took. Very easy care of the New York Giants on Sunday afternoon. They were 17-point favorites. It actually got up as high as 17.5. Steven Serta, who's behind the glass today, had them as his lock of the week on DJI football. Um, they almost twice over covered. 49-17, to 17, the final score. Dallas has now won 12 games in a row at home. Dak Prescott has won 12 straight games against the New York Giants. He has not lost to them since he was a rookie. Um, Tommy DeVito, it was just never going to happen. Like this, this played out the way like everybody fully expected it to. The Cowboys' offense was insane. CeeDee Lamb continues to be insane. Um, the Cowboys, you know, lost to the Eagles last week, Mark, and that was a really, uh, you know, tight, unfortunate, you know, really crummy loss, but they remain one of the contending teams in the NFL. Yeah. And, and, and Dak's playing extremely well, too. Um, you know, we talked about this last week, even the loss against the Eagles, he played well, played well in this game too. I mean, this is a bad Giants team that was starting Tommy DeVito. Oh. I mean, the, the, the fall of the New York Giants from last year to this year. I mean, we talked about it going in. This was the peril of being a year ahead of schedule because now you get the tougher schedule. Teams, are, you're not going to sneak up on anybody. Now you've got injuries, and it's just sort of gone off of an absolute cliff for them. But the Cowboys look good. I mean, the Cowboys have looked good. Even these last two weeks, one of which was a loss, they look good. Their only big fear right now is, okay, divisional round week. Who are you going to have to play? Are you going to have to play a San Francisco 49ers team? Are you going to have to perhaps play a Philadelphia Eagles team that you just lost? Like, that's the big fear, I think, from Dallas. But if you're getting this level of Dak down the stretch, that could be big. So, as it stands right now, if the playoffs were to happen this week. Don't say it, JP. I'm really – I don't want to. The Cowboys play the 49ers in the wild card round. So, um, I do want to, like, butt in very quickly – um, right now, Seattle holds the top odd card spot and Dallas holds the second. They're both six and yeah. three. They play one another. I don't know if you knew this on the Thursday yeah. night after Thanksgiving. That's a really critical they game for wild to card game right. to avoid playing San Francisco in the wild card round. But the biggest thing is like Dak is really good. Like I think we have gotten to a point where we're going to Tony Romo, Dak Prescott. And I don't think that's fair to Dak because Dak is really, really good at football. But Again, like they do this to the Giants. They do this to bad they do this to bad football teams. You're supposed to beat bad football teams and they obliterate bad football teams. Um the Giants season just gets worse. Andrew Thomas got hurt in this game, which is another really really bad injury for a team that's been hit with a lot of really really bad injuries. Saquon Barkley was also banged up in this game like they just need to sim season. Like at this point you're in the Madden, you're in the Madden franchise and it's just like all right, let's Sim to the offseason. Let's just get let's just get it over with. It is I don't know how well each of you are watching this game, you know, because obviously it was in the afternoon window. Um, down 49 to 10 
Brian Dable dragged out the final 45 seconds of this game to go get a meaningless Tommy DeVito to Sterling Shepard <laughs> touchdown. That bothered me so much, not just because I had pre-made some stuff with the score 49 to 10, but also because, like, what are you doing, Dable? You know, like, like what if somebody had gotten hurt? You know what I mean? While you're just trying to, like, be silly at this point in time. Like, and I don't mean to, like, grandstand and exaggerate or, you know, be hypercritical, but, like, Brian Dable is a loser. Like, I'm sorry. Like, that is, like this is this is such a tough scene for the Giants, dude. Like, they have, again, they've lost 12 games in a row to Dak. They've been swept three years in a row by the Cowboys. Brian Dable has never beaten the Cowboys in four opportunities. Like, this is a little brother team doing little brother things. Not just, like, in general, like, little brother to the Cowboys. Like, they're a little brother team in the NFL. Tommy DeVito's family was there, man. They wanted to see the kid do something. Yeah, like, he got him mean, two touchdowns. He'll never um, forget getting two yeah. touchdowns in the Cowboys stadium. Yeah. So y'all think I'm overreacting. Now he's going to go home. He's going to have the chicken cutlets. Did you You all saw the, the quote about him living at home, right? Like, the whole world saw that quote. That was, like, the football quote that got plastered all over the world over the weekend. Yeah, I mean, he's gonna, it's, it's going to be great for him. He's going to have a story to tell the kids. Uh, the Cowboys have the longest win streak at home in the NFL. Look at that. What are they now? 11 and one after losses over the past couple of seasons in the Mike McCarthy era. Yeah. I mean, like, that's the thing. Like they generally respond well after losses to JP's point. They generally kick the crap out of bad teams. They win at home. I mean, they own the giants like this, this had 49 to 17 written all over it. And that's exactly what happened. So, um, good job, Cowboys. Uh, good week, uh, for us at blog on the boys. Um, holy crap, Mark, the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray is back. Had another one of those like ran. Wait, 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 wait. I I watched this game in its entirety because I wanted to see Kyler Murray, and he looked he looked good. Well, yeah. like the he best Kyler good. Murray moments are the like the twelve yard gains that are like him running four hundred yards, which this game had obviously. Um, you mentioned JP. You don't know if if the Cardinals are going to take a quarterback. Like they've been so in and out on Kyler Murray. Like obviously the vibes around that team have been weird. It feels like. Jonathan Gannon has kind of stabilized that, even though nobody wanted to give him credit for that. Um, this was like a good morale-boosting win for the Cardinals franchise. Yeah, they needed to get this win, especially with Kyler back. Kyler looked just as athletic as he did before the injury, which is really good. Um, he did a lot of the same Kyler stuff where he's going to run himself into pressure. He's going to hold on to the ball a little bit. But you saw on that final drive of the game what he can do, and that's why you keep a Kyler Murray around even though like they're going to be bad enough to be like a top to get like a top three pick, but you don't have to, you don't have to use that on a quarterback, especially if the two teams above you are in Caleb Williams and Drake may range Marvin Harrison, Marvin Jr. Harrison Jr. Right. Look pretty nice and red. He doesn't even have to change like Jersey colors. Yep. for him. He no. Just come over in red, but he looked good. I think Trey McBride had a really, really good game, which I think is really cool for him, especially with finally. Coming um, it's time to put the Falcons in the slow cooker. I think it, I but think it's, we can. you want them in the crock pot. I think Arthur Smith needs to be put in the slow cooker. He can be put, but the Falcons, they're in the NFC South. Like they still they're in the NFC South, but Arthur Smith is probably not gonna be coaching after this year. I I don't see it lasting any longer. You you can't lose this game. You you can't lose this game. They brought back in Ritter because Heineke got hurt. Um it's just really bad. It's really bad for them. They before Heineke got hurt, I think he had generated like 31 passing yards. Like that's that's not good. No. <laughs> like that's not a, not a great scene for them. Bijan not had a, a great career scene. high in terms of touches, Mark, and they lost. You, like you know that Arthur Smith's like Arthur Smith is never giving. He's going to be like, look, see, just, I gave yeah. him the ball. It didn't work. We lost. So now he's going to have to do more created away from the ball. Like I said, he was going to. Like, more Johnu Smith. It's like the more yeah. cowbell team from Sunday night, Saturday night. Yeah. Or more Johnu Smith. Because that's what the world needs right now. Mark, it does require a unanimous vote. The Chargers are the only team we've placed in the crockpot together. Um, I really want to put the Falcons feel we in. can't put Atlanta in. We can put Arthur Smith in the crockpot. But okay, Atlanta Mark, still has let's, a shot let's, to win this division. Let me put it this way. Atlanta or the field in the NFC South? Who do you trust more? God, that's brutal. I mean, that's one of the worst questions I've ever been asked on a show. I know, but that's that's um, what I'm saying. Like, if, if you trust I guess, the field more, all right, fine, fine, fine. We've I've seen enough now. Fine, put him in the crock pot. Well done, JP. Look, JP, you set me up. Um, you were Wade and I was LeBron. You know what I mean? We stayed at home. Um, obviously, Dame Miller, not a member of the Heat, though. So, like, he, you couldn't be Dame. I couldn't be Dame. Wow, man, yeah. really, <laughs> really. 
Heater on a five-game win streak. Jaime Jaquez looks great. We just took out Wimbenyama. All right, we we just beat the. That's, Spurs. We're not here to talk about that, JP. That's that's too. I'm just, I'm just saying that that French man got locked up by Hay- Haywood Highsmith, the real full um, H, the Heat's Haywood Highsmith. All right, so um, that leaves two games left. You each have your fast forward left. Um, the battle of Washington football teams. The Seahawks won. 29 to 26 over the Washington Commanders. Mark, are you doing it? Is that yeah, what? I'm doing it. Wow. But Sam Howell leads the NFL in passing, so all these Commanders fans think he's amazing. That's all they do. <laughs> yeah, that's all they do. Hey, look, I know. I just did have JP and I talked about this at the end of that game. That layered throw late in the game, getting over the second level defenders, dropping in front. Like, I don't know if I'm going to say that Washington's going to be in the QB market. Like, I think there's an argument that they could make to say, look, we're going to give Sam Howell another year as a starter. They don't have to force a QB. And from what I've seen in his growth, Mark Bullock, who we all know, does a great job on his Substack covering the commanders. He had a great piece up today on how Howell has grown. And he's eliminated some of the mistakes that he was making earlier in the year. And he certainly has a live arm and he's layering throws in the middle of the field. And so from Washington's perspective, I think, like, you might not have the guy here. Or at least you might have a guy that you can trust going into next year, which would be big because then you can go address another position. You can. This go is terrifying, JP. Line. Like I, I think this is terrifying for Commanders fans. You can go address the offensive line because yeah. look, you you have to be able to block. You have to be able to run the ball. You cannot be one dimensional. I think at this point they had, or before the Sunday game, they had the third least rushing attempts in the NFL, and they they have an obvious tell when they're in shotgun they only throw the ball and they're in shotgun like 87% of the time. Like you, they only throw the ball and that's not going to help out a quarterback. That's going to, you lead to arm fatigue, you know, like that's, that's a very like small thing, but it matters. But the Seahawks, I'm, I'm a little bit, a little concerned about the offense, just a tiny bit, but you know, they're, like, they're making a lot of mistakes. Like, like, like that's the thing. Like, turnovers and things like that like Gino has to cut that down they're one of the teams that sort of struggled a little bit in the red zone this year as well like kind of universal issues to teams but that's what's really been bugging their offense these past couple of weeks I mean of the like contending teams right now the Steelers are the biggest frauds um they're the only frauds to be very clear the Seahawks are the most penetrable that's the way I'll put it of of the other kind of like you know top teams maybe the the vikings for obvious reasons like of all the teams who have all their normal stuff going on the seahawks are the, are the most catchable i think i think we missed the number four seed in the nfc though okay well i mean again we're talking like more in, in, yeah in a, they don't even count i mean they're a team that's almost in the crock pot like i mean but they're they're leading the south yeah, yeah they're leading the south um <laughs> well congratulations to the seahawks on this win uh jp you do still have your fast forward we have one game yeah. left um, you yeah. want to fast forward Sunday yes. night football? Yes. Okay. Well, 16 to 12 was the final score. The Raiders won. No. I, I, my only thing is, uh, justice kind of set this up, <coughs> excuse me, on DJ football. Mark, we're clearly like Aaron Rodgers is setting up cause he knows the jets stink. Aaron Rodgers is very clearly setting up to like, Oh, I totally could have come back. Like, you know what I mean? Like I totally could have come back, but the jets just like fell out of playoff contention. So like, that's yeah, I was ready to come back by December 15th or something like that. But look, they were already on the cusp of playoff elimination. So I'm going to be ready for next year. Like, yeah, justice is absolutely right about that. Like the window for the jets to have made a move, a quarterback has passed us by and they clearly should have done something like I don't Maybe a Josh Dobbs in green and white might've made a lot of sense for them. They talked themselves into, they were going to get the best out of Zach Wilson. That defense is good. It's very good, but you're getting next to nothing from the quarterback position. Have we considered that they have gotten the best out of Zach Wilson? Like this might just be it. This might just be it. I mean, look, that books are going to be written about that quarterback class and about how the COVID schedule and everything just sort of like, pull the wool over our eyes because he was thrown from like absolutely pristine, clean pockets at BYU. And people like me talked ourselves into, man, this could work at the next level. Like, Look, I'm not going to advocate for Zach Wilson. So this is a weird sentence, but I can see how you can talk yourself into him. Like the, the sidearm throw. The throw. Yeah, the, the, was the pro day throw. Yeah. The, the sidearm throw on Sunday night was like super cool. You know, like I could see falling in love with like teeny little moments. Even the Hail Mary attempt was like the pro throw. 
it was that was one of the more like incredible Hail Mary attempts that we've seen. And it just um, so like I, I can understand the slippery slope that he is to some people. Um, but goodness gracious, like what a horrible and like again, back to the Rogers thing, JP. Like, who does that? Like, who tells Melissa Stark, like, oh yeah, like what it's such a show. Like, Aaron I can't believe anybody's going for this. Aaron Rodgers is the biggest attention hog in NFL history. His podcast is gonna well, crush on, though man. once you retire. Oh, that's right? such a great point. Well, come um, on, man. I think, and this is very much tinfoil hat thing. He saw the Taylor Swift Travis Kelsey stuff and it's like, let me. Take this attention hog. Let me take this attention back to me and say, yeah, I'm going to come back in December at age 40 from a torn Achilles. Like, go go away, man. Like, it's not happening. It is over. You can take the L out of lover. It is over. Again, it's like, not, not even telling, like, you know, uh, a beat writer. You know what I mean? It's, this isn't coming from – telling the sideline reporter for the most watched program on American television. Like, it's just such – a just ridiculous i want to know how it came up though i want to know like how what, at what point in the conversation was like yeah i, I, I can come back in december it came up because he brought it up that's yeah. exactly how it came up like because yeah. she probably was like hey there's all this chatter i bet she didn't even ask like she's one of the best she's probably like aaron how you feeling today yeah. oh, i'm gonna come back in mid-december okay, okay. Awesome. i'm coming back in december yeah uh, man like what a stupid load of crap all right uh monday night football picks the buffalo bills are hosting the denver broncos tonight uh mark one sentence on who wins and why the buffalo bills because they have to like i mean they absolutely 100 need a win and this is a crockpot game okay because if the bills Ooh. lose it's crockpot time i think this is the nfl anxiety bowl whoever leaves this game has a whole lot more anxiety than they did coming into it uh the bills should win like this this has to be a uh you got to beat this team by double digits. You got to, you got to handle this team or else like it starts to get a little scary. Um, The amount of crap Sean Payton will talk if the Broncos win this game, like, but you know what? Like I've been kind of rooting against the chargers, their last two primetime games against the jets and bears. Cause it would have been so funny had they lost either one of them. It would be hilarious if the Broncos won this game. Like I'm, I'm sort of rooting for it for the like fun. Just for the chaos. I really think yeah. like a, a throwback like a vintage russell wilson game would be very well, he had remember his i think it was his rookie year he had this amazing game in buffalo um so it's happened i think that was like the first like gray uniform game they had like that sticks out in my mind for some reason so um yeah i want to see this at this point in time let's go let's go broncos uh but i'm picking the bills to win because duh. Um, Steven, if you could join us and let us know who you think is going to win on Monday night, as well as who won Monday, uh, Monday MVP, please. Also, you put a hat on. You didn't have one on a moment ago or like an hour ago. Yeah, I, I didn't like the way the hair was looking today. So decided to throw a hat on, um, I'm going to go bills. I totally agree. It would be really funny if the Broncos, uh, somehow won this game and then i'm gonna give it to you rj i feel like you're a little naive today like maybe you're a little under the weather you're really grinding so i just blue game right here yeah i actually have been sick for a week now i missed last week mark and jp knew that because uh, that was like the, the like onset of this um mark you know we my wife and i our son's gonna be two which means we're always sick uh we're just you're like just, you are gonna be yeah. sick until he's like 10 like yeah we're sick all the time and yeah. i actually feel a lot better than i sound um, but my voice is just kind of shot. And if I talk for a long time, it makes me cough a lot. So it's a good thing. We've all been talking for an hour. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's just you're really helping me out. Um, wow. Thank you for the MF double MVP, uh, Steven. I'm going to break a piece off like 30% of it and give it back to you. Uh, so we'll have like those classic, like best friend heart, you know, uh, necklaces, um, you know, like you do in middle school. Uh, yeah. So that's a good sign for hilarity to ensue tonight with the Broncos. Um, Chapey, as we close, I would like to tell, I would like you to tell us your favorite soup, please. Favorite soup is, uh, ooh, there's a loaded baked potato soup that I really, I really tried to make a few weeks ago. It was pretty good. So. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. 
It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.